Welcome to another episode of Techman Talks Dynamics. This time, um, it's myself, Jason, in kind of the interview seat as such, but I've got with me Kelly, who also works in the CRM and Power Platform team. So, welcome. Morning. So this week, we are going to be talking all about integration, and specifically integration between BC, Business Central, and um, CRM, or as Microsoft call it, CE. And going a little bit back down memory lane of what integration used to be like in perhaps the days of NAV um, to CRM, now to what we've got in BC and CE um, from a SaaS perspective. So I think even my time over the past decade or so I've been in this industry, I can use certain words to describe how the integration used to be. Um, but so you've been with us for a little while now, Kel. So in the early days where we still had a number of customers on NAV, NAV, and integrating to CRM, even SaaS or even on-premise, how would you have described how the integration was technically um, to support and implement um, back then? Uh, challenging. Okay, and in terms of challenging, is that a challenging in terms of the capability that it had, or is it more or less of how to set it up or how to change it, or what? What from the, what perspective? All of it. So um, it was very limited in what you could integrate. It was very difficult to extend. Um, the the setup of it. To be fair, the setup of it wasn't too bad. Yep. Until they changed the authentication in CRM and okay. you needed to use OAuth. Yep. Then it became complicated again. Um, and then in terms of just the actual data transfer itself, you had lots of issues with data conflicts where people had updated something in CRM and update it in Business Central. And then, you know, you'd get data conflicts where it didn't know what to do with the, the updates. Um, and, you know, the, the standard things of job queues errored, things like that. So I think... We're starting on a bit of a negative here, but the integration between NAV and CRM years gone by was challenging. Dare I say even go unreliable? Uh, yes, let's say unreliable. Um, and I think from our perspective, over the years gone by, we used, we used to talk about it's Microsoft, it's Microsoft package, Microsoft can integrate to each other. I remember, I can't remember what version it really was that NAV and CRM was now able to integrate to one another. Um, I want to say it was easily a, about a decade ago, um, maybe around NAV 2013 after kind of 2009 had exited and, and 2013 R2 or sometime around that kind of thing. And I'm sure someone will correct me, but we used to be able to pitch that, hey, We've got Microsoft products. It's they don't just Microsoft doesn't just talk to Word. It doesn't talk to Outlook. It doesn't just talk to Excel. Do you know what the business applications talk to each other? And uh, whether it was twenty fifteen or wherever, said, "Hey, we've now got this tool," and um, it didn't really live up to expectation. I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um, even extending it was challenging, I think, in, in previous time gone by. But 
let's fast forward to more recent times in the past kind of, I'd say few years. I think probably the past 18 months, 24 months has probably seen the, the best set of improvements that we've had in a very long time in terms of uh, the integration. And, and that's not just purely based on what you can do. That's based on how reliable it now is and stuff like that. I, I can say, from my point of view, surely our support calls have come down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They've introduced some really good tools into the platform since, to be fair, they've been working on it since BC16 was the first, yeah. you know, major change to the integration that we got where we started to see the progress they wanted to make. Um, and now we're up to, you know, 21 um, and looking at 22 now. Um, and the the integration now works. So they've introduced tools to help with things like coupling data together. So um, in, in layman's terms, basically what that means is linking the two records. So the record in CRM and the record in BC together. So the integration knows. Yep which record goes to which record. Um, so previously, you know, in previous versions of Business Central and NAV, if for whatever reason your system got out of sync, you know, or you just needed to do mass data imports and link them together in both systems, you know, it was difficult. You had to get a Business Central developer to go off and write you a report to go and find the records that you needed, yeah. run that batch report. It took forever. Now the system has the capability where um, as long as you've got unique identifying fields on either side, you can just use the, the interface to couple them together. So you just go into couple records, you pick the fields you want it to match on, and it runs a coupling, and it finds the ones that it can find. Yeah, okay. um, obviously, you know, it, it doesn't always find all of them. Sometimes you have to manually intervene. That's working with data. That's the joys of it. Um, but so that's a main, major improvement uh, on the system. Um, they've also introduced the ability to resolve conflict updates which is the main reason our support calls have gone down. Yeah. Um, because now you can tell it, you know, if an account is modified and a customer is modified, actually I want the customer to take precedence, so overwrite the account with the customer data, or vice versa, you know, if you're linking contacts from CRM into BC and CRM's a master, you can do the other way as well. Yep. So you can just tell it which way to send the data update. So you've got... There's more options, capabilities in terms of helping with data quality yeah i'm um, clearly right now um so we'll come on to in a sec around what options we now have with integration between bc and, and crm um but if let's just recap based on years gone by the nav nav integration to crm was not great it was there, it, it kind of did work, but it kind of didn't. Um, and we couldn't truly sell it as a, do you know what, this is seamless, this is great. And dare I say, it could have been used from a marketing employee from Microsoft or a partner that, look, you can integrate your tools together. The reality was it was, it was challenging and it caused headaches. Yeah. Now that's far, we are far, far away from that fact. But previously, I think, what people did when they wanted to integrate the two tools together, if the if the if the standard didn't work, we looked at what development, uh, old school development, we could do to make it work. Or people would have to use other tools. Yeah. And those tools were Kingsway Soft. They were Scribe before they've now become Tibco. 
it, you were paying another license fee and another product that probably would sit on a server somewhere years gone by that you'd have to maintain to be able to integrate the two data together. And it took away this whole Microsoft platform kind of ecosystem because it really wasn't as joined up as you wanted it to be, I no. guess is the best way of putting it. But now the positive is is that we are we are light years ahead now. We truly do have this ecosystem of the platform available. So let's talk about the standard what Microsoft give us out of the box. So BC to CRM, we wanna it's controlled via BC in terms of we have to go into BC to enable it and set it up. So out of the box we've got we can go into something called Dataverse and Dynamics 365 Sales Connection Setup, and we can create a connection into CRM. Yeah. But firstly, it's we need a we need what type of license do we need for that? Do we still need a sales license to enable the connection to start off with? Because obviously Microsoft now have sales, customer service, marketing, etc. So. Are we? Is there a prerequisite? So to enable the Dataverse connection setup, you need a Dataverse license, yep. a license that gives you access to Dataverse. Um, so, uh, and you also need a, a BC minimum of essentials license because you need access to yep. the menus in BC. You don't need to maintain those licenses once you've done the, the connection setup, but yep. to do the connection setup, you need those licenses. Yep. So the the Dataverse connection setup, um, what that will do is for BC SaaS customers, um, you run through the wizard on that and it will actually go and it will take all of the pain out of getting that connection set up. It goes and it creates the uh, app registration that you need for the two systems to talk to each other. It goes and it creates, installs the solutions in CRM with all the security roles in. I mean, it always did that, but it still does that now. Um, and then it goes and it assigns all of the requisite permissions to the CRM app user that it creates as well. Yep. So taking a lot of headache out of the connection setup. Um, so you have to enable the Dataverse connection setup first, yep. and that includes uh, the core tables like accounts, contacts, currencies, you know, the... Products being another one, or items as such? No, products actually included on sales setup. Oh, okay. Um, but so just the, the core fundamentals of, you know, your customer base and your contacts and things. Yep. And then um, and then you can go and enable the sales setup, um, which uses the Dataverse connection setup details. Yep. Um, so you can't change those. It's got to go to the same CRM instance. Um, but so it, it just uses the uh, connection setup details that you've provided in the Dataverse connection setup. And then it gives you a couple more options as well. So there are a few things that you can enable. So um, one of the uh, really exciting things that they've actually introduced in, in BC21 is the ability to do unit group mappings. So um, I don't know if you remember, um, but time gone by, it used to create the units of measure in um, CRM from nav, and you'd have nav pieces, nav box. Yep. Yep. And then uh, you could only have the base unit of measure from the item in Business Central. Yes. But now, with the unit group mapping, what it does is it creates a unit group for every item it maps over. And then, so you can have all of the units of measure that are available against the item in Business Central. So if you've got boxes and cases and pallets, you can have them all in CRM. So you can quote against them all in CRM. Makes quoting far more achievable, yeah. I guess, is the best way of putting it, yeah. putting it using kind of true BC data, I yeah. guess, from that point of view. And then in that form as well, if there are prices against those different units of measure in BC, it brings them all over in the price lists. Okay, so, and then on a sales 
on the CRM side, do we need a sales license or could we have any type of license to help enable that connection? So itself? for the, the sales license, uh, for the sales connection setup, you do need a sales license. license to do it as well because you are accessing sales entities like quotes and things yep. like that and price lists. So we've got a Dataverse and a Dynamics 365 connection, which we enable from BC into CRM, put our kind of... Um, URLs in and connections and, and we then create a, 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 an integration, a, a connection between the two. Yep. So you've alluded to some of the things that we can sync out the box. Yep. Customers to accounts. Yep. Um, vendors to accounts. Yeah, that's fairly new actually. But of course, when I say accounts in CRM, it's, it's a relationship type. It is, yep. Um, Items to products. Yep. And for those that are watching, yes, Microsoft don't use the same terminology across their systems. Um, then we've got sales people or sales persons. Yep. So if you are using sales people in Business Central, you can use those to determine who will own the accounts or contacts or whatever entity it is. And what if you don't use sales people, sales person codes inside of BC? Um, and um, what happens to then the ownership of accounts, customers, suppliers inside of CRM? So if you don't use salespeople, um, what it will actually do, you can set the integration to use team ownership okay. as opposed to using person ownership. Um, and then what that will do is it creates, it creates the team anyway, but it will create a default owning team yeah. in CRM, which it does whichever version you choose. But then basically it will assign all of the accounts or contacts or whatever you know table it is that you're syncing to that default owning team okay what if you didn't want a team ownership or you didn't want or you didn't use salesperson codes but you have a crm solution that those you still need somebody to own that account yeah. record so jason works for the business he looks after 50 companies has no relationship to business central in my company whatsoever I still want that account, those 50 accounts synced between BC and CRM, but I need the team to link the records together, but then Jason actually needs to be able to be, I want to be able to see my accounts inside of CRM. So how does that work in terms of ownership of record? So the, the advice on that one would be just to set you up as a salesperson, to be honest, and just okay. to sign the, the customers in Business Central, because you don't have to be a BC user to be a salesperson. Okay, so, yeah, that works. Yeah, so just, you know, create the salespeople, assign the customers, and then the accounts will belong to the people you want them to. Yeah, that makes sense. So, salesperson, talked about currencies, we've talked about products, items, customers, suppliers, vendors. Um, what else can we sync out of the box? You mentioned price lists that you can sync as well. Yep, so you can do um, customer price groups. Uh, so, if you've got individual prices for your customers, you can synchronise those over. Um, and then again, it'll bring all of those price list items over now with the different units of measure available on it. Um, it will also as well create a default business central price list. So it will use the list price on the item in business central yep. to create this default business central price list in CRM. So you've got the list prices available, you know, as a default yep. out of the box. Is it fair to say that it doesn't replicate the whole pricing function from BC into CRM? Oh, no, no. The... 
the issue with it, trying to replicate the pricing function isn't it having the data to do it, it's having the functionality to do it. So obviously BC can do some quite complex calculations against prices. Yeah. CRM doesn't do that. CRM, you put a price in and that's the price it is. But that said, CRM has the capability to do discounts or certain additional logic on pricing if you want it to. Yep, so we can, we can build that functionality in. But, um, go on, sorry. I was going to say, and there is a concept of, you know, on a, a quote product, for example, you can put in a, a manual quote amount, a manual discount amount, sorry, um, and that will take that discount amount off. Yep. Um, but if you want to do things like, you know, put discount percentages on, that's not there out of the box. Yeah. So is it fair to say that people that, where do I quote? Is it BC or is it CRM? Both tools can quote. Both tools can create a document that can be sent out the box, out to a a prospect or a customer, it's a case-by-case basis of who, who should quote where. Yeah, it's gonna, it's largely going to depend on how complicated the quoting process is. Yeah. If it's a very simple, you know, this is the item, this is the price, yeah. then we can make that a quite nice experience in CRM now. Or if it's bespoke pricing that there isn't really a said price list. We've got yeah. lots if of customers that say, finger in yeah, the air. I've got lots of bits that I need to add together, I need to add a margin to it, etc., and then it needs to go out of value, but I'm probably not going to sell the same again in the same way, so it's a one-off price. So again, CRM is more than capable of dealing with that kind of stuff as well, yeah. and giving ultimately the overall price that is being invoiced to the order and the invoicing BC. Yeah. Okay, so that's prices. So we've got flexibility on what we can sync on, on prices. And, and we can also, dare I say, on integration, I'm, I'm chipping into kind of the other side of the fence here. In CRM, if I wanted to create a price list for a customer and send it to BC, can I do that? And is that an out-the-box experience? Or is that something that we need to work with the customer as a partner to deliver? So again, it's going to be on a case-by-case basis. Yep. So um, it's not standard functionality. Um, you could technically try and bi-directionally sync price lists. I wouldn't recommend trying to do it. Yep. Um, so what you can do instead um, is you can go and create the price list in CRM, you know, get it all approved by your customer, and then use Flow to send it over to Business Central. Yep. So um, I would need to verify, but I believe price list items are not part of the standard API. Yep. Um, so you would need an extra API to do it. From the BC From side. From the BC side, yep. yep. So you just need to get the BC API extended, um, but then Flow would pick that extension up automatically once it was published, and then you could just send the data into Business Central. Okay. So we've got some options here. The reason why is that we've got many customers, for example, that they don't really quote a specific, and it's quite common in kind of food industry, for example, or consumer goods, is that you what you're, quote, what you're giving an agreement to is a price system with a start and an end date with those set pro- products based on potential volumes that you might buy, but you have no idea when the customer will buy. So you just want to agree a price list. Yeah. And the idea is that whenever someone comes to place the order, they know what price they're going to get. or So your your quoting process is arguably giving them a price list. Yeah. Um, so we need the ability to create, potentially as a sales process, what a potential price list will be to then give it to BC. So it's possible, but it's custom, essentially. Yeah. Um, okay, so price lists, products, etc. So what else can we, out of the box from Microsoft, can we sync? So... Uh... Quotes and sales orders. So we've touched briefly on quotes. Um, Obviously, you do have in CRM the ability to convert the quote into an order and submit that to Business Central, and it will go into Business Central as an order. 
Um, they've actually changed the functionality on the sales order synchronization now. So you can still opt for legacy sales order integration, which essentially monitored an API. Yeah. Um, and then when it found an order, it pushed it into Business Central. Um, but now they've actually enabled something called bi-directional sales order sync. Okay, what's so um, basically that takes it out of the API uh, and it puts it into the integration table mappings, which is obviously what defines what data we're going to sync. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now, uh, instead of the sales order going to Business Central and essentially being orphaned in CRM apart from the odd status update when you know it got invoiced or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what actually happens now, if, if, if the order is changed in Business Central, it'll get changed in CRM. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, we've we've had, you know, with customers previously where people have deleted lines on an order in Business Central or added things on yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they've been like, well, the orders don't match. And it's like, yeah. yeah. They're compared against what the person sold to actually what you've actually processed and yeah. shipped to them. So now with bi-directional order sync, you can get that information. Sure. So it will update the order back in CRM. Um, I would say likewise, if you update the order in CRM, but you wouldn't be able to because it's deactivated. Does, the, so. does that sales order record still sit there? after that sales order has been processed? Because of course, BC has its own little way of working where it archives that order because then it becomes into an invoice, etc. And you don't look at the order anymore, you look at the invoice record. So what happens in CRM against now this sales order? So yeah, it sits there. Um, you, will, you do also uh, get an invoices sync. Yep. So the uh, invoice will be linked to the order when it comes back into CRM. So if you do want to use bi-directional sync, I'd probably recommend setting up a bulk delete job on those orders. Yeah, you know, After the invoices has no come through. No, long term, no, no. So that's an interesting one, invoices. It's a contentious discussion at times within our team. Yeah. Because Microsoft allow you to do it and sync it, and clearly you're only going to do it from BC to CRM whilst... CRM has this invoice function. I wish that to an extent, unless you had a BC system there um, or a dynamic system, they would get rid of it because you would never use CRM no. to do invoicing. Um, but we have a debate going, should we sync invoices into CRM or not? And I think it, it's based on what you're going to use the data for. Yes, absolutely. So if you need to know, if you've got account managers, you know, that need to know the details of what those invoices are, they need to know, you know, how many products people have bought and things like that. And they need to actually be able to drill down into that information. Then you need the invoices. If they just want to know, right, my customer has bought 20 of, you know, XYZ in the last however many years. Yeah. Use Power BI report. That was where I was going to here, going, if you want to look at their sales history, surely syncing invoices across, there's better ways to do it than syncing invoice data into CRM. Yeah. Using Power BI. Another thing as well that we'll touch on integration briefly is about virtual tables, maybe do it that way. But the only thing I see invoices value for is some a customer that we're talking to at the moment is they're using the marketing app and they want to be able to create marketing journeys and emails based on what people have bought mm -hmm. and what people actually haven't bought or if they haven't had an invoice issued to them within X period of time. Yeah, so in, in that scenario, you're going to need the core data there to do yeah. that. And then you can say, hey, you haven't bought from us in three months. Please come back. Please, we missed you. So again, you've got the data in there to facilitate that as well as the line-level detail if you want to work through that perspective. So again, along with that, Microsoft give you the opportunity to do it, but you there's got to be a right business case to use it for as well. So 
Is there anything else that Microsoft do out of the box? So the you've just touched on it actually. So the the other thing that they've introduced um, in the the SaaS platform now, and it is only SaaS unfortunately at the moment, um, but is virtual entities. So in CRM, we've had this concept of virtual entities for forever. Um, it seems like it anyway. Um, and basically what that means is, is that we can connect to any API, create a connection to it, pull that data into CRM, and it looks like we're processing that data in CRM even though it never actually touches the database. So what we can do now with Business Central is we can you know, use that functionality, but when you enable the Dataverse connection now, it actually installs the virtual entities by default for you anyway. Okay. So it automatically enables that connection. It creates that connection to Business Central. So all you need to go and do is basically go and tick a box on the table that you want to see, and it'll start pulling that data into Dataverse. And by pulling that data, I mean it'll start showing that data yeah. and look like it's pulling it into Dataverse. So the um, the difficulty with the virtual entities is, you know, if it's uh, a good example for using a virtual entity would be something like creating an API for your service items and then pulling them through the API. So you don't have to synchronize all that data because that's going to end up being a lot of data. Yep. Um, but then you could create a look upon a case to that virtual table, you know, and have all of that information of that service item. Yeah. So when you create that reference to that case, the virtual entity link will remain. But if um, you wanted to bring in uh, your customers through a virtual entity, for example, unless you've got somewhere to anchor that record, when that data refreshes, you're going to lose the connections that you've got. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to anchor the virtual entity somewhere by using a lookup, for example, on the case. Yeah. Um, or you'd have to create like a, an OData link to an account in CRM to pull in the customer details to link them together. So it's, it's good, but it's not straightforward. And I guess is the best way of putting it, it's, it's like being able to have a peek into a different system, but you're actually not using that system day by day. Yeah. So I always use the example that in principle, it's like an iframe. You go onto a screen, you're using a system, but then you've got a little window on on that screen, a box. And the idea is it's like you've embedded like a, a web page or something into it that is potentially filtered down, linked to that record that you're on, company A, and it then gives you the related invoices, um, in related posted sales invoices for that customer, and it just gives you an insight to that. So I'll be able to click onto it and go through kind of high level what that data is there, but that data doesn't exist in my CRM system. It doesn't allow me to kind of really embed anything and truly use it. It's just a... I say truly use it, it's a sneak peek in terms of opposed to me clicking onto another tab in another window trying to open another application, it's giving me a a bit of a view directly from what I'm already in. Yeah. Is that a fair way of trying to describe what a virtual table really does? Yeah, essentially, yeah. So I think, so that's Microsoft have enabled that and I think with the right scenario, if you don't want to embed that data, if you don't really want to embed that data, invoices is another good one, for example. So if you don't want need all your invoice data, but you want that invoice view, then maybe it's an opportunity to use a virtual virtual table yeah. if you didn't want to go down the Power BI route. But I think yeah. Power BI is a really good way to, to put it in place. I think Power BI would probably be better in that instance because firstly, you can do the calculations on the sales figures. Yeah. Um, and you can filter the report down and, you know, embed it in the CRM and it looks all nice yeah. on the account form and you've got it all there in one view. Um, 
And then the other thing is it comes back to that thing I was saying about anchoring it. You'd have to link that account to that customer to be able to pull that customer's information against that account. Yeah, okay. So creating that anchor point, you know, would limit that there. Yeah, okay, understand. So standard integration then, we can um, create the connection, data first, sales, etc. Um, there is before anybody asks um, or inquires or has a Google around it or a Bing um, is there is no customer service connection. Um, Microsoft talk about wanting to do more around customer service and better integration between the two. In, in, in BC, you get a fact box, you get a part of the fact box that says opportunities, however many, and then cases, and it's just a hyperlink to take you to that part of the record is the best way you get from the CR in the BC side. But aside from that, um, the standard integration is one BC company to CRM? So, no, not anymore. Okay. So, now what it does, um, and this actually came with the, the team ownership, is it now actually creates a business unit in CRM by default. So, so those that don't understand business units of CRM, okay, so a 20-second summary of what business units bus do. Business units in CRM are a bit like slicing up a pie and making sure that people can only see their own little slice of pie. Yep. Okay, so, and then obviously you've still got the whole pie as a whole, and certain people that are in the root business unit can see all the pie. So if you were a, if you were a group company and you had one CRM system, business units would be a way of segregating those... Divisions. Divisions, businesses. Yeah, entities, whatever you need to do. Um, but so that just puts security restrictions on who can see what in CRM. Yep. So what the business central integration now does is it will create, for each company that you integrate into a CRM instance, it will create a business unit for that company. Okay. So uh, the data automatically comes in segregated. Can you unsegregate it? So there are a couple of ways of unsegregating it. Uh, the, if you want everybody to be able to see everything from all companies, you'd basically just give them organisation level permissions. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's the easiest way to unsegregate the data. Yep. Um, you can start messing around using flows to move records around and things like that. Um, but it if you... Hard work. It does feel like hard work, yeah. Um, or you can use um, access teams to try and, you know, navigate around the business units. Yep. Um, but to be honest, the simplest way is if you've got people that only need to access certain companies, just leave them in their certain companies. Yeah, okay. Um, and if you've got people that need to see everything, move them into the root business unit. Yeah, okay. So multiple companies to one CRM, possible. Yep. What if those multiple companies in BC, so... Happened a lot with Brexit and yep. um, people setting up different countries in different European countries, etc. Or you've got a group division that's got one company that's US, one company that's Euro, one company that's GBP. Can that work? No. Okay, so I can integrate to BC to CRM, multiple companies as well, yep. as long as my companies in BC and my base, uh, base currency of my companies in BC and my base currency of my CRM match. Yes. Okay, so that leads us on to, if we can't use the standard integration, what can we use? Flow, Power Automate, APIs, what, what does that give us to do? So you've got a couple of options. Um, you can use Flow to do it, um, or you can use third-party you know, data migration tool. Yep. Um, so with Flow, most of the... Um, standard table mappings you would get with the standard integration are available as APIs. So you can just integrate most things, you know, using Flow natively. Yep. 
Um, with the uh, BC SAS connector, you can now filter by modified on, you've got triggers. So we didn't used to have triggers to, for connecting to Business Central from Flow. So now you can actually trigger when an account is, oh, sorry, when a customer, let's use the right system terminology, yeah. when a customer is created in Business Central, create it in Dataverse, yep. or when it's modified in Business Central, go and modify it in Dataverse. Whereas before it used to just be a, go and get my list of customers, throw the data at CRM. Yeah. Um, but also as well, it's now a lot easier with the advent of the, the SAS BC connector and the, the abilities that it now has to actually extend the APIs in Business Central for the things that it does, doesn't have a standard that you would get with its standard integration um, and add those into Flow. Okay. So Flow is a very good way of actually integrating the two now. So Flow can, can not just pass data in terms of like sync customers, sync con contacts, sync items. We can also use it to process orders, create a new item from CRM to BC. If um, you really want to. <laughs> to be fair, we have got that example where it's a bespoke item for one customer where, yeah. do you know what, we're saying something quite bespoke of a project. We've got this parent item with a set of components as a bomb and they're unique each time. So let's not flood BC with a load of data that will never transact. Yep. Create it there when it's ready to be in order, send it to send it to BC and we're doing that via um, flow and APIs and stuff yeah. like that. So fr from our perspective, so that flow, power automate, APIs with BC and SaaS and et cetera, well, even on premise BC, we can still have APIs and we can still use flow, can we? Yeah. So the, uh, the limitation of the using, um, using the APIs on a BC on-prem system is that we'd go and create a custom connector to do it. So yeah, it just right. takes a little bit more but setup. Still, still possible, but just a little extra time. Yeah, just a little bit of extra time to configure it. So the flows are another option and kind of do, can do pretty much what out-of-the-box Microsoft does and possibly a little more. Oh, definitely a little more. <laughs> so, when, and then, so things like an example of wanting to sync more data so if a customer sells a product that's got a warranty and use a service item in BC, service items get created. You might have a warranty period of two, three, four, ten years on that item. Obviously, cases in CRM, I need to create a warranty case, what's going on, etc. So from that perspective, we are um, looking at wanting on CRM when I create a case or a problem to tag my issue against that serial number that device, whatever it is I've sold, um, to kind of look at doing um, a follow-up, a warranty claim or whatever. So how do I get that data from BC into CRM? So if you're using BC SaaS, yep. I'd say use a virtual entity because you don't really want all of that data in CRM unless you need to do anything against that data in CRM. From a reporting or a point of view? Yeah. Okay. Then you, you don't really want all the extra data in CRM because... Yep. Data takes up storage, storage costs money. Yep. So use the virtual entity to do it. Um, if you're business central on premise, then you're going to have to integrate the data. Yeah. It's that simple. So um, virtual you tables can, can't be used with BC on premise. No, not at this time anyway. Um, so you've got two options really. You can use Flow to do it. Yep. Or you can extend the standard integration to do it. And we've extended the standard integration through an app that yep. we've got on the BC side that we can add more data from fields that might, Microsoft don't sync every field from the t even the t standard tables that they have. No. 
um, which is annoying. I wish Microsoft would, if Microsoft are listening, please. Account um, number. Yeah, account <laughs> number would be great. But also on top of that, give some flexibility on what fields you do and don't want to sync out of a table. Not, here's the ones that we've got. If you want anything more, either do it via API and Flow or create an app that allows you to sync more. But either way, I think from our point of view, when it comes to integrating and extending and syncing, things like service, we've got customers that do sync the service item data yeah. because they want to use it to tag it against and do lots of reporting on cases of warranties and product types and that kind of stuff from a case resolution point of view. So there's a value to them doing that. But I think we've talked about standard integration, virtual tables, flow. You've, we've touched on other tools. So E1 Smart Connect is something that we're starting to utilize more and that's a hosted kind of middleware tool that can sync data from one system to another and you've got a tool in the middle that can help say that field equals that field and sync it on this basis. Yeah. And I think that tool is good at kind of error management and reporting and capturing stuff like that. Whereas it Flow, is. you've got to build all that stuff in there yeah, because it doesn't do. exist apart from looking at a Flow log when it fails or create an email notification as part of the flow creation to say, send an email when it fails. Yeah. So that's a downside of flow to a, a little bit there. But in terms of overall of integration and, and summarizing, it feels like we've now got a world of capability with the Microsoft platform itself without having to go out third party, without kind of complicating it. Or even, dare I say, we can now sell the dream that Microsoft do have a truly integrated set of business applications, even though they don't offer everything out of the box and it's a point, click, tick, and it's done. But working with a partner and the customer together, we can create something that is truly integrated. Yes? So I would say that with the standard that we get from Microsoft, you can probably get about 85% of the way there. And then with the abilities that we have to extend what we need yep. using the tools available to us, be that flow or virtual entities, you know, or extending the standard integration, yep. um, which, you know, again, would be a case-by-case -case decision. Yep. Um, we're probably about 95% of the way there. It's, you know, there's always things that can improve. Of course. But uh, it's, it, it, it's looking good. So I think from, from our point of view, when you came into Techman, um, integration was a dirty word yeah between <laughs> nav and crm it was oh really do i <laughs> yeah it was it was if people could avoid it probably people would avoid it what would you say the culture and the the attitude towards integration is now not just in our team in crm power platform but as technology as a whole business with the bc team and with other departments and stuff like that, how do you feel people view integration these days as part of the wider business? So it's um, it, it's looking positive. You know, people come and they ask questions, and if they're not really sure on something, you know, we've we've been doing quite a few projects in the CRM team now in you know working quite closely with the BC team because they've got parts of their solution that depend on ours, and we've got yeah. parts of ours that depend on theirs. You know, and through those projects and that, that collaboration, you know, the BC team have learned quite a lot about how the data integrates to CRM. Yep. And we've learned quite a lot about the restrictions of getting data into BC, you know, so it's, 
we're, we're doing really, really well as an organisation of now getting that knowledge out there on yeah. how this tool can work and how we can make it work better. Yeah, we are very collaborative. I'm not saying we weren't before, but I think there was a there was a nervousness previous years gone by. I think, but I think it's fair to say we're a partner now that very much embrace what Microsoft offer to us, and our default would you say, is we look at what Microsoft give us in terms of standard flow, those capabilities yeah. before we go looking at, and not that we've got, for the right reason, we will use E1, yep. um, especially when there's more integrations of more tools out there that the customer's wanting to use and integrate all together. But when it's BC and CRM, very much I think our approach, would you agree, is we use what Microsoft give us? Yeah, I can't, I can't think of a scenario this precise moment in time putting me on the spot where I would use anything other than either flow or the standard integration or virtual entities between BC and CRM like you say you know if you want to start linking other systems in you may not have that capability in flow or or whatever and you may need to go to a third party tool but specifically for BC to CRM I'd, I'd stick with what we've got cool thank you very much you're welcome so that is the end of um, the discussion around BC CRM integration and where we're now at. So thank you for listening to the latest uh, session on Techman Talks Dynamics and uh, you'll see us again soon.